Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear. Here in Nishmas, Rizun Bas Rachukhana. Bezra. Bezra Rachukhana. Shabbos Pash Vayeshev. Shabbos Mevarchim Chedesh Teves. Meaning to say that it benches the month of Tevis. If this Shabbos is a day that benches a whole month, we know Shabbos is a day that all days are benched from it. The whole week is benched. So this Shabbos, not only is going to bench a whole month, or the following month, which is going to begin next Shabbos, Shredish, but this Shabbos benches the whole week, the forthcoming, upcoming week. It's also a bracha shefa of the whole week that culminated on this Shabbos. And this upcoming week, Baruch Hashem, is the week of Hanukkah. Interessant, Hanukkah is eight days. So you technically have to have a day of the week every week, every year. A whole week, at least, has to be. It's eight days. Every day has a Sunday, a Monday. Every Hanukkah has to have a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, etc. This year, it's a different take. We light the first candle. Technically, we could light it. It's going to be lit in shuls by Plaga Mincha, which is after Mincha about 3.40, On Sunday. First day is Monday. Mincha... On Sunday we don't say Valenissim. We start Valenissim on Maidiv, but Sunday night. But on Sunday, the Meneda technically could be lit. Most people light that time of the day, before Nacht, before Maidiv. So most people, I can't say most. Everybody has their own customs. Many people light before Maidiv, many people light after Maidiv. Customs vary. Those are going to families. Some people don't have any family customs. You like whenever it comes in the evening. Out of Shabbos, Friday we're going to light Mineta for Shabbos day. For in other words, Shabbos is a day of Hanukkah, the sixth day of Hanukkah. But we're going to light those candles before we light the candles of Shabbos. Hastus, which means to say that we're going to be lighting Friday for Shabbos. Similarly, one could light on Sunday for the start of Hanukkah, which starts on Monday. So say, that said, it means to show, it shows us that already Sunday we're going to light a Meneda. 
So we have not just a full eight days where all the days of the week get involved in Hanukkah. We have a full week. The week that's that's being benched, that's being blessed for the coming week, that entire week is involved with Hanukkah. So that makes this Shabbos that much more special as we're going to dive in this Shabbos we're going to have in mind the upcoming week and the beauty of the week which is Neres Hanukkah. Today itself is Chof Kislev. Yutes and Chof Kislev are the Yomim Tevim are the holiday, the Yom Tiv of Chag HaGeula of the Alter Rebbe. The redemption of the Alter Rebbe. The redemption of the Alter Rebbe, I was listening last night to Fabrengen with our Rashakil, one of our Rabbanim, Rav Heller Shlita. Rav Heller says, and this is Chesidim brought down, the Rebbe brings down many Sikhs, but the way he eloquently brought it out, it's not a Chag for Chesidim Chabad, we don't call it Chag HaGeula the Chabad. It's called Chag HaGeula. The Yom Tif, a holiday of redemption. It's redemption for the entire Klal Yisrael, the entire Jewish nation. He said very, very interestingly, he said that every Jew has within them a spark that wants to become a Chassid. Every Jew wants to become a chassid. Every Jew has something to strive for. One of those things is to become a chassid. If you're doing something, you're doing a business, you want to do it perfectly. You want to do it right. You want to make sure everything goes on all cylinders, as we say. If you're going to... Not if you're going to. As you're going to be a yid, you obviously are going to do it with every single limb of your body with every proper intention that you could possibly come up with. Thereby, we know that the Gemara tells us when it comes to cutting our nails, there are three levels, we spoke about this many times, there are three levels of people. There's the Tzaddik, there's the Rasha, and there's the Chassid. Gemara says, Gemara brings down the three different levels of people. The tzaddik buries his nails. Well, in today's day and age, modern day, most people flush down the toilet. The rasha discards his nails wherever they are, just cuts them and throws them on the floor. And the chassid burns them. What's this whole story? There's a chash, there's a suspicion, there's a perhaps. If a pregnant woman will step on these fingernails, it could damage the child, it could hurt the child. According to most opinions, only if she steps on it exactly where it was put. The person threw it down right over here, and she steps right over here, then it has that takeoff. Because otherwise you would say the tzaddik 
who buried it, it could resurface. Then what happens? Elamai, the tzaddik put it under the ground, and now he covered it, so therefore, if it resurfaces, it's not the place where he put it. The Russia doesn't care. A Russia is not just a person that's wicked. A Russia doesn't care what happens to anyone else. Not only they're selfish for their own life and their own being, they don't care about anyone else either. Then we have, and therefore we talk about, and actually today in the introduction to Tanya, talking about, and also the end of Tanya, one needs to be careful how they reprimand. One cannot reprimand somebody with hatred in their system, with hatred on their lips, with hatred on their mind. If one is to reprimand another person, it's a chiach to chiach as amisecha, the mother Taylor tells us. One needs to reprimand a friend, only a friend. A friend meaning that even though if it wasn't your friend till now, you don't have anything against him per se, and you're therefore reprimanding him for what he's doing to correct the way his ways. And as we know, something that goes out of the heart goes and penetrates the other heart. Air quote. Therefore, the Chassid is concerned about the welfare of another Jew that perhaps might come near these nails and it might hurt the child. So therefore the Chassid burns the nails. Now burning the nails is doing damage to himself. When one burns a part of their own body, they're damaging themselves. Similarly, we see the same concept and idea when it comes to the Maisekaka, the tattooing. One tattoos themselves, they have to burn, they burn it into their skin. And one needs to understand that it damages themselves. Comes Teda, comes Yutes Kislev, and tells us Teda is a good Teda is beautiful. Tere is important. It's important to learn Tere. It's important to do mitzvahs. The way a person expresses oneself, that's how the person's um, almost personality or 
projectile of the person goes to another person. As we just said before, it goes out of the heart, it comes to the penetrates of the heart. But that all is talking about if a person has a heart and he feels he's doing this, what we call the Shema. One can amass tremendous amount of knowledge of Tera. Shemaim has no value. In heaven, there's no value to it. If one doesn't internalize, eternalize, and internalize, make part of them, and make it a perpetual study, make it something, make it the way of their life, when they do a mitzvah, not do it automatically or mechanically, because that's the mitzvah has to be done, but have intentions, and have proper intentions, Which one does not need to study the Kabbalistic connotations and intentions of a mitzvah. One needs to simply know that I'm doing the mitzvah for that Abishta. For Hashem is for the Abishta himself. The word Abishta means the one above. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world because Nesavale HaKadosh Baruch Hu Liyah is Dira B'tachtenim HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted a dwelling here on this world so one can think that every mundane thing they do they are bringing down a mitzvah they are bringing down HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the world when you host a guest you can give them the couch Or you can give them a nice bedroom. One would say that the extreme of the couch would be giving them the master bedroom. Because after all, when one builds a proper house, the master bedroom with its own, all the amenities that one has in a master bedroom, What else could you ask for? That's the ultimate chalas I'll tell you, no, it's not. Why is it not? <coughs> because the logic dictates I need a place to be a guest. I need to be hosted. I don't have where to stay tonight, I'm stranded in a snowstorm, or I can't drive, or whatever the case might be. So if you offer me a couch, it might not be the most comfortable accommodations, it might be in the middle of your living room, etc. But hey, it's a roof over my head, and I got a bed, I got something to put my head down on. If you offer me the master bedroom, I wouldn't sleep a minute. I wouldn't be able to sleep a wink because I'd be feeling guilty the whole night long how I put you out of your bedroom. So although it's wonderful, it's extremes of a person's mind frame. 
Whereas you take the person and you give them decent accommodations with a bedroom and they have access to a bathroom and they have privacy. As we say in America, it's the way to go. That's called the Chnazah Sarech. That's called the mitzvah. I can throw you a bone and put you on the couch, although I have other beds in the house. Or I can give you an actual bed. So whereas the person slept, obviously it was not the same type of sleep. When I do a mitzvah, I want to internalize, I want to bring HaKadosh Baruch into this world. I want to make a dwelling place for HaKadosh Baruch Am I putting HaKadosh Baruch on the couch or am I putting him in the proper bedroom? If I'm doing mitzvahs dry like a bone, with no kech, no chayas, with no energy into it, with no fervor, I'm putting HaKadosh Baruch on a couch. With spring, with the springs coming out. If I do a mitzvah, behidur, with the proper intentions, knowing that I'm doing this because the Eibush wants me to do this, I make the bracha baruch hato Hashem and the kenu melech elam hashek yishanu I'm blessing you, God, King of the Universe you have commanded me and sanctified me. Mitzvah, the Zayah tells us, is Lashen Tzavse V'chibur, attaching, attaching. Whereas people, time and history, are learning Tehran and doing mitzvahs, the Baal Shem HaKadosh revealed to us an entire different approach the approach of the Baal Shem HaKadosh is to give life to the mitzvah when the Baal Shem Tov approached the yeshiva a very full yeshiva the Bachar was sitting and learning the Kelram Top of the voices. Beautiful. It was a sight to see. Hundreds of Bakram. Maybe not hundreds. After all, how big could it miss? Should be in the time of Bashem Tov. Many, many Bakram. Bashem said he wouldn't go in there. Why would you go in? He said, There's no room. Sure, there's room. He says, No. They're learning is not being done in a way to elevate it to Shemayim. And therefore it's all sitting in the room. There's no room to go in. It, the Rav told a story last night of a, pe- a fellow that learned all his life, amassed a tremendous amount of Teda. And when he came to Maila, he came above after 120 years, he had wagons and wagons and wagons of words of Dirita, of all the things that he said. As it says, how wonderful it is for the person who comes here 
with his Talmud in his hand, with everything that he learned, everything that he amassed on the world in Torah. But he wasn't going anywhere. He was on a queue, he was on a line, waiting. Hey, hello, attendant, valet, somebody, why am I not moving? He said, well, you need to take all this data to whoever you were learning for. The learning was not a gilarent, but the lishma, the actual intention of learning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, learning for the Benishna, for the Ebishta, wasn't there. So Tana is here. The words of Tana you said are all here. But since you didn't say it, when you learn and you have in mind, and you daven, you have in mind, you make a, you do a mitzvah, you have in mind, when you make a bracha for something to eat, you have in mind, I'm doing this for the Ebishtah, I'm doing this because this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to do, <coughs> doing this so I can attach myself to HaKadosh Baruch because I believe the Beit Elam is the only thing in the world, I don't want any, I'm not looking to impress anybody, I'm looking to make any any ideas in anyone's head, I'm not looking to, 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 to become the, the chief hancho, I'm doing it simply because HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded me to, and because I want to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then obviously everything comes and it brings brought to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Mishabal Lekan, Lekan means before Hashem, before the Ebishter. And when you come before the Ebishter, with your Teda, Hashem Mishabal Lekan. Because your Teda was amassed because you were learning for the Ebishter. Yutas Kislev is the Chag HaGaula for Klal Yisrael. Because Yutes Kislev brought about just this fact. That Klal Yisrael learned how to do a mitzvah with Siddhartha design. A mitzvah the way it's supposed to be done. A mitzvah with, full, with proper intentions. A mitzvah with proper, with proper devotions, dedications. And therefore, there's a life in the mitzvah. Without the life of the mitzvah, mitzvah is a, a flatlined Deed. It's did. It's done. It's a mitzvah. Definitely did a mitzvah. You can, shouldn't be able to knock it. But if you're not doing it the way it's supposed to be doing, you're not doing it with the heart that you're supposed to have. If I'm doing this for the Abishta, it doesn't doesn't get off the ground. <laughs> it once built an airplane. The most exclusive airplane in the world. It was better than a yacht, than a uh, cruise ship. It had swimming pools, it had basketball courts, it had. <laughs> don't ask. Five floors. And it carried a thousand passengers. So, the captain gets on the, phone, on the microphone for the start. And he says, I'm your captain. I'd like to welcome you aboard to the voyage flight of this wonderful aircraft. And let me introduce you to what's going on on this plane. On the first floor we have this, on the second floor we have that, on the third floor there's dining, on the fourth floor. Every, he describes every floor, the dining, the sports, this pool, and everything else. And the seating arrangements. 
And finally, he says, I only like to ask one question. If anybody could come forth and please let me know, it would be greatly appreciated. How does one propose we're going to get this thing off the ground? Because he had no idea how. Needless to say, the amount of weight and everything else, lift that up off the ground, it would need who knows what. This is the mitzvah. <coughs> this is that Torah study. It's beautiful. It's got pools. It has, it has amenities. It has everything that you possibly could think of. But how do I get this off the ground? How do I make this a mitzvah, the Shem Shemayim? This is what Chassidus gives us. And therefore, Yutes Kislev being Chag HaGeula is not a Geula for only Chabad. It's the Geula for Klal Yisrael. As every Yid wants to be a Chassid. And every Yid wants to do a Mitzvah, Behidur. Every Yid wants to do a Mitzvah that it should be know, he should know if you told the Yid, if you're doing the mitzvah the way you're doing it now, it's not going anywhere. It's being a mitzvah, it's being recorded, it's a good deed, but it's not elevating. But if you had this in kavana in it, when you're doing the mitzvah, you had these intentions, proper intentions, that you're doing this for the Eibishter, not for anything else, not for someone to see I gave tzedakah, not to have my light name in lights, but to have a simple I'm giving it because this is what HaKadosh Baruch wants me to do. This is what the Abish wants me to do. The mitzvah goes up. The mitzvah flies up. The mitzvah the deeds that HaKadosh Baruch cherishes and takes within himself and adopts each and every one of them. This is the yomtiv of Yutesh Kislev and Chav Kislev. Good yomtiv. Let us focus on the parish of Ayeshev Yaakov. Ayeshev Yaakov. Yaakov settled. Shut down. He rested. Chazal tell us, Bikish Yaakov Leishev B'Shalva. Yaakov says, I've been through the mill. I've had it. Esav and I did not get along at home. I had to run away. I had to go get married. I had to put up with love and Arami. I had to put up with everything else. And now I had to finish off with Esav finally. Okay. Dayenu, I want to retire. I want to just sit back and enjoy my children and grandchildren. Kofat Olav Yesev jumped upon him. It was placed upon him. It jumped. Kofat Zoshin jumped the terror of the trauma of Yosef, the story of Yosef now. Continues. Tzadikim evakshim leishev v'shalva. Tzadikim want to finish and sit and retire and rest up. Omar HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch says to them, Le'dayin le'tzadikim ma'shemesukim lehem le'ilum Is it not sufficient enough? Does it not suffice for the tzadikim the older reward that I have prepared for them in the world to come? They want to sit back now on their laurels 
and rest and retire in this world? And therefore, it's not an acceptable thing. We do not have the luxury of retiring. Neither from doing mitzvahs, neither from learning teda, neither to helping other fellow Jews, etc. We don't have that luxury. The regular approach, the way we look at this, Yaakov wanted Leishe Shalva. This was not the right thing in the eyes of Akash Baruch And therefore it almost looked like God forbid a sin. How can we say that Yaakov who was known, he was the Muvcha Shebaavis, he was the most highest level of all the three, of four, all our forefathers. Yaakov Avinu, who had Mitosse Shleim, all his children were perfect. Yaakov Avinu, he had a, a, a sin. He wanted to do something that was not the way it's supposed to be done. More so. From the Maimah Chazal continues and says, this is the way of Tzaddikim in general. Tzaddikim want to settle down after a while. <laughs> if that's the standard, why isn't that Baruch Hu process that and just be satisfied with it? Your Tzaddik did for you X amount of service. Every good company says, okay, you gave us X amount of blood and sweat and tears. You worked so and so many years. That rhymed, they didn't know it. The poet, they didn't know it. And time for your pension. You're getting a pension, a beautiful pension. They throw a retirement party. And they get gifts there as well. Parker Pen. Today is probably a Mont Blanc. And Shalom Aleph, we're finished, you're done. We'll have you sometimes for consultations, we'll have you sometimes for backup. But you're retired. We'll give you your corner desk to somebody else. That beautiful desk with a beautiful window view and everything else, the corner of the office, is going to someone else. The plaque on the door's name is being changed. The plaque on his desk will be changed to his name. If that's the norm, look at Baruchu, one from Yaakov. Why, in essence, does a tzaddik want to settle down, to sit b'shalva? You think they're looking for vacations? They want now easy life. It was too hard for them all these years. They're going to actually give up on anything that they've done until now. Come on. When a tzaddik says he wants to live, they should b'shalva, 
They have pure intentions. Just like when they did a little bit of put on film, they had all the pure intentions. This quote-unquote sitting and retirement also has full pure intentions. They want to now no longer be involved with worldly matters, with everything that goes around. I want to be able to <coughs> use my devotions privately and selfly for myself and connect to my Creator. Connect to Devishta. I want to get higher. I don't want all the problems and all the hardships involved in, in that I've been going through till now. So that's very, very beautiful. It's a beautiful thought. I'm not stopping to put on film, Chassel. I'm going to put on film better than I put on before. Till now, I had people that came over to me and asked me with problems, with questions, with this, with ideas, and thoughts. And, and uh, I had to stop, and I had to think, and I had to talk to them, and I had to give time to them. Now, it's all me. Me and the Eivishter, nobody else. Beautiful idea. So why is the country Baruch complaining? Why is he saying it's not enough for Tzadikim? The reward that they're going to get? Although, it's a very, very beautiful idea and a beautiful thought that one is going to sit and now devote and dedicate themselves fully to the Taylor and Aveda of Abishta. There's no world, no work, no place for that on this world. On this world, nobody sits and basks in godliness. This is for the world to come. There, one can sit. If you give me score at home, the Gemara Brachis Yudzayin Amar Aleph, seventeen side one. V'nanim Yiziv Ashkina, they can have anah, they can have pleasure from the shine of the Shkina. Here in this world, work. We need to work. And we need to constantly be involved with all the trials and tribulations, hardships and problems. Serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of retirement home, this is a reward for tzaddikim. And that's not considered avayda, it's not considered the work. Still in all, we find by Yaakov, towards the end of his life, he does have a little bit of a retirement issue here. Pazik says, Yaakov lived in the land of Mitzayim for 17 years, and explains it was beautiful for him. Rest and relaxation. It was great years.
How did Yaakov achieve this? How did he come onto this? Through the Regze Shal Yosef. The whole episode and the whole traumas that went on with Yosef, the tremendous pain the tremendous hurt, the tremendous hardship. This wasn't a punishment to Yaakov because he wanted to settle down. This was a fulfillment. This is a way to make a path for Yaakov's request. We need to understand what are the words, what does this mean? Bikesh Yaakov Leishe B'Shalva. Yaakov wanted to settle down. And that was not the right time for it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to respond to his request. What did he do? He causes comfort all of Yosef. And through that, through what he went through, all the story with Yosef Atzadik being taken and sold, etc., through this, Yaakov got his wish. Careful what we wish for. We don't know how Akash Baruch is going to send it. The explanation of all this is, it's known that Avedis Hashem, serving God when it comes through hardships, comes through pains, one achieves a much, much higher level. In order for one to overcome all that tzadahs and to become a true servant of God and bypass bypass all the tzadahs to bring themselves to a higher level as a servant of God. Yaakov wanted to achieve this. The concept of Shalva. He wanted to be at a level where he was peace with his way that he was serving Akash Baruch And therefore the Regzesh Yasef. this entire episode of anger, etc., of Yesu, what went on with Yesif, brought this all about. <clears throat> it was tremendous pain for him, which there was no way he could understand. This wasn't the same, similar pain what he went through with Esau and with Lovan, which he knew that was a battle with the evil, and he had to overcome the evil. And he had to be mevarad in etzutzim. He had to elevate all the sparks. He knew what he was battling. He knew what he was going for. He knew what the battle was all about. This 
it says that so much so this deep brought Yaakov to a situation Shechina is a holy spirit departed from him and therefore he didn't see in Ruach HaKedish what was going on actually with Yosef when they told him he was dead but he withstood this and he stayed Yaakov and he stayed one that was worthy of ultimate rest which is the Bechina of Elam Haba which is the way of Elam Haba from here we learn how important our Tvila our prayer <coughs> our Bakoshas our requests for the redemption for Geula to the Shalva Amitis to the true proper way time era of serenity HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a taiva, has a yearning for the prayers of the tzaddikim. So when Yaakov Avinu Bikesh as a shalva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered him. And he did it through a way that we didn't see, he didn't see it coming, but ultimately this was brought down to bring him down to Mitzrayim, settling in, in Goshen for 17 years. We too, we have to cry out and say, Akash Baruch Hu, we need f- enough. We need to come to the ultimate way of serving Akash Baruch Hu with the calm, with the tranquility. And Akash Baruch Hu Mikayim immediately our request and bring the Gulamitus Ashtema, Ayyadei Mashiach Tzadkeinu. So therefore, when a person has gone through many, many different hurts, pains, tortures, loss, some even gone through inhumane one needs to understand not even using the American expression what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because that's not what we're talking about here we're telling you that it all brought about the qualities of the person that the person still says quoting Doshern I'm in love with the one above in spite of everything that one has gone through, one sits or stands proud, stands tall. So much so that they become a beacon of light for others. 
And people automatically look at them, ask them, say it, say it, they tell them, could you uh, give us something on the Pasha this week? Can you enlighten us about a mitzvah? Can you get us a menera? You become the go-to person. It's almost like David Melch says, "Ma'ashpes Yerem Evian." From the dust, from the ashes, one gets lifted up, and one needs to see and to apply in their daily life, in their daily actions. That I am preparing the I am preparing to settle down. I am preparing that Hakadosh Baruch Hu should prepare for me and set for me. The bar is very high, but I am prepared to meet the bar. I am prepared to jump the bar. I am prepared to go through, and I am going to daven. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should help me, leishiv v'shalva, to move on in life. On Hanukkah, we have a supplement in davening called Va'ala Nisan. Added into Shemineseh. We also have the Menera lighting. On the first night, we make two brachas. Do we now? On the first night, we're going to make three. Lahadlik, Shasanisim, Shechiyonu. Shechiyonu is only made the first night. If one did not light the whole week, and they only lit on the fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth day, they make Shechiyonu that night. Shechiyonu is made once. But Lahadlik Ner Shachanaka, Lahadlik Ner Chanaka, is made on the first night. And Shasinisim Lavisena Biyom Hem is Manazer. And then there are those that sing or say Hanedis Halalu, there are those that sing or say Mois Tzur, there are those that sing, have a whole booklet of things that they sing by the Menera. In Vialanitsin, though, tells about what happened in the days of of, of Matasyo. The Gemara pictures, the Gemara, if you keep your score at home, it's the Gemara Shabbos, Chaf Aleph, Amir Aleph, Mai Chanukah, Tanar Abana Mai Chanukah. And the Gemara depicts the miracle of the one flask that was found. It says, Kishanichnasi Yavanam the Hechel. When the Yavanam, the Greeks came into the Hechel, to the, to the temple, into its courtyards, Timur's Kalashmanim, they made impure all the oils, the Hechel, of the courtyard. But, Kishanichnasi Yavanam the Hechel, the Nitzchum, when the Malchus, the kingdom of the, so the Hashmanoim, came in and 
and victoriously overtook them. Batku, they started to look for the motzah, they could not find the lapach echad shel shemen, one flask of oil. What happened with this flask of oil that was different than the other flask of oil? Shayemunach bechais mishel kein gadol had the seal of the kein gadol lehayel el bei el lahad likeim echad sufficient for one night to light. Nasa beines vidliku mimenu shmei Miracle was done. It was lit eight. They burnt eight days. From the way the Gemara is telling us. It didn't, it wasn't just circumstance by accident or whatever it was that happened that the oil became impure. But it was intentionally done so. In that case we need to understand. First of all, if the Greeks wanted to withhold the Jews from lighting the menorah, why did they not get rid of all the oil? Secondly, what does it say? Timu <coughs> They made impure all the oils that were in the courtyard. They didn't. Didn't the Yivanim desecrate not only the oils of the temple, all the oils in Shalayim from around, from the surroundings? Because if their surrounding places could have still, still supplied oil, why would we need a miracle? According to the words of the Chazal, We see what is the actual intention of the Greeks not to totally nullify the lighting of the Menera, but light the Menera, but with impure oil. Therefore, they left over. Even the oil that became tummy, they left it in the, in the, in the courtyard. Because they thought the Jews have no other choice, they would want to light the menorah, and in spite of the fact that they made this impure, they would light it anyway. This is the mainstay focus of Hanukkah. The war of the Chashmenoyim, the Yevonim, was a clash of two worlds. From one side, the Jewish world, the world of Teda, Emunah, <coughs> Erechayim, the special set aside for our devotion, dedication to Kaj Baruch Hu. Knowing that each and everything that we do throughout the day is always sanctified for Gadj Baruch. On the other side, on the other hand, 
there was the the Roman look at it, the Hellenist, the physical world, the beautiful things that go on in the world. The intention of the Greeks was Lashkicham Teresachel Avivim Chukim Tzenechel to destroy the Teda and to pass them over, to take them away, to take the, deter them from the Chukim of the Kashbarachu's wants. They said, take the Teda. Accept it, understand that it's a beautiful thing, a spiritual thing. Song, Chachma, philosophy, etc. But on this, take it on and say that they have a physical human God. Not it should be the Avish's Teda. <coughs> As we spoke before, the, mitzvah, the miracle, the Gula of Yutas Kislev is the same similar thing that we need to discover how to apply ourselves to do mitzvahs in the name of Hashem because I'm devoting and dedicating to the time of Hashem this comes about in what we see in the Menedah of the Migdash the Greeks wanted to light the Menedah but that the light should be from a Greek oil the hand of a non-Jew desecrating the oil. For the the manera that's lit with the pure oil that's prepared for a Jew and prepared with the proper intentions, this symbolizes the purity, the life of a Jew. This is what the Yavanim wanted to cause and bring about a flaw. I've told the story before, probably last year. Very poignant story. To show us how a mitzvah is done and what brings us to a mitzvah. A yid came to Australia I can't, I think from that's a show. But he didn't know what, he went without any plans. He didn't have any kind of master plan. He's coming to Australia. Now, Shabbos is upon him. He needs to figure out what he's going to do for Shabbos, where he's going to go stay, where he's going to eat. A Yiddish cop. He goes to the fish market. And he said, I'm going to look around. I'm going to find somebody looking for a nice, big, kosher fish. And I'll know, obviously, they're from Yid, and they're making Shabbos. And I'll ask if I can come to the house. And Kachava. He stood in the fish market, and the plan was A1. It worked perfectly. The Yid was walking around, 
Yesus Makashab is looking for the big fish. And he found the big fish. And it sure the scale kosher. He had the guy clean it for him. He approached the guy. He says, I come from Israel. I need somewhere to be for Shabbos. Oh, beautiful. Come, you be my guest. And they go to the man's house, and the Shabbos was made in Amhaba. Heavenly. There's mirrors, the singing, the food, the, the camaraderie, the family was just unbelievable. After Shabbos, the host is talking to the guest. Saying, I hope you enjoyed, I hope everything was okay, I hope the accommodations were good, the food was... Yeah, it was amazing. I can't bless you enough, I thank Hashem that you sent you along to, to, to help me out. But may I ask you one question? Sure. I noticed... In your china closet, where you have all the beautiful gold and all the silver and all the crystal and everything else, there's a broken jar of oil. Broken oil jar. Shards of oil of an oil jar. Nobody can clean that up. I mean, I understand the jar broke and everything, but why wouldn't you clean that up? <laughs> the Yid laughs. So that is the most precious thing I own. That's an eye-opener. Okay. Pray tell. And he tells him the story. I was a child, I was an orphan. And I had to support my mother. And I had to go to work. I went from one job to the next. And I was successful, Baruch Hashem. And I supported my mother. And I built up. And I took care and ultimately I became wealthy, and then I got married. But the business is doing very, very well. And I needed to sit with people that were not necessarily Jewish, not necessarily this, so it got a little bit difficult where it sits us out. So I stopped wearing my sits out, and then eventually I stopped wearing my sits at all, and then I stopped wearing my yarmulke, and everything else went downhill. And here I was a very beautiful and successful rich man, but I didn't have Yiddishkeit. One day I was walking home, and there was a little boy sitting on a curb crying, and I said, Yingala, what happened? And he explained to me, he had a broken glass of bottle of oil, don't you see? My father gave me money and said, it's all we have for one bottle of oil, don't break it. And I said to myself, and I now how can I come home to my father and tell him I didn't have any oil? We won't be able to light him later. I said to myself, this is my story. I need to make sure that I need to be able to tell my father that I'm coming home with oil. And I took home oil, and I made a menera, and I lit menera, and from there everything went uphill, Baruch Hashem, back to Yiddishkeit totally. This is what the Yidin do. They take away, and they have to eliminate that little spark, that little dirt, that little fleck that the Yavanim are trying to inflict on us, and we need to clear it, so that we can say that we come, Bikdusha, B'Tahara, May we zeichen the light of the Neda again in the base of Migdash this Shabbos. And it should have a Ben Shkedish and a Ben Shabbos and a Ben Shkedish and a Ben Shabbos to all.